For Tim Tebow, there have been highs. The winner of this year's Heisman Trophy is Tim Tebow. And a lot of lows. Literally for a four-game stretch, they had two Jumbotrons on one of the Jumbotrons. All they did was show highlights of my worst plays ever. I'm Paula Ferris, and this is Journeys of Faith, where we talk to people about how their faith got them through the best and worst of times. In this episode, Tim opens up about trading in one dream, the NFL. Didn't go at all as planned. Um, I would say that it was one of the biggest blessings, though. For another professional baseball. Let's say you never make it to the bigs. Will it have all been worth it? His answer and why he's off the market. So here we are in a random office at the ABC studios with Tim Tebow. And we have a couple people in the room. Yes. This is per- this is perfect, though. Why would we need to be anywhere else? Talk about putting the pressure on, though. You brought your girlfriend and, and her parents. Yeah, her parents, yeah. Yeah. Well, and your publicist. Yeah, they're just in um, New York for a little bit hanging from out. South Africa hanging out. So, yeah, I figured, why not come see what we're doing? You brought and the whole see. entourage. Does that make you nervous? A little bit. A little bit? A little teeny bit. No, I it should say. make you nervous. <laughs> but they, they've loved it so, fun, so yeah. far. And, you know, being a goat, we just were on Dr. Oz. So that was exciting. Right. Getting to meet you, just seeing New York. It's all fun. I imagine things are a whirlwind for you right now because you're just starting out with college football and mm-hmm. not playing baseball right now because you broke your hand, right? I did, yes. Um, but do you know what city you are in at any given time? No. <laughs> I crazy. Have to, yeah, I have to figure it out. I, You know what's crazy is last year I only spent 16 nights in my home. And your home is in Florida? My home is in Florida, okay. yeah. And 16 nights. Out of 365. Yes, I'm trying to do more than that this year. Yeah, I would say, well, you can only go up from there. <laughs> I right? think so, yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know how I, I don't know how you could just maintain your sanity with that. Well, it was just, you know, it was really fun because there's so many awesome opportunities and what we're doing with the foundation and it was speaking in, you know, Nepal, um, Dubai, Peru, Ecuador, Guatemala, so many other countries. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, so when I have chances, you know, uh, what we're doing there with orphanages or right. hospital or night to shine. So I love being able to make time count and be meaningful and purposeful with it as well. Yeah. Well, I think if there's one person that walks the walk, that doesn't just talk the talk, that's you. I mean, you are out there in the community. You're speaking to youth groups. You're in not, not just in churches, you're in prisons. You're, you are walking the walk, like, like very few Christians that I have seen. And, you know, you're donating to, to the causes and you're, but you're living the life too. Well, I appreciate that. And, um, I think we all have our weaknesses, our faults and our failures. It's just, you know, I just, when I think about, um, life for me, like on a bigger picture, it's just being able to find meaning and everything Mm -hmm. and purpose in it. And then setting a goal of who you want to be and what you want to represent. And then every day trying to have a, some part of that day gets you to that. And for me, that, uh, a big part of that is well, everything is I want to represent Jesus and I want to love people. Mm-hmm. And so every day I want to find a way to get closer to that, do that as much as possible. And, um, you know, and it's, so it's, yeah, you get caught up in a lot of other things, but that's who I want to be and what I want to strive to do. Right. Loving God and loving people. That's it's pretty it. simple. So let's dig into to your particular faith journey. I know you grew up on the mission field. Your mm-hmm. parents were missionaries in the Philippines. You're the youngest of five children. Yes. The doctors had actually told your mom to abort you because yes. they thought there she had 
uh, gone through uh, so some, some health issues, and they thought you were going to be stillborn, but she didn't. Yes, and here you are. But but you, you know you're raised on the mission field, so yes. you're raised in the faith. Mm-hmm. But like, when did you make the faith your own? <laughs> That's a really um, good question, and you know I think. You know, you mentioned my birth and stuff, and actually, they first thought I was a tumor. They didn't even think that I was a, a baby. A baby. So actually, my first nickname was from my brothers and sisters. They nicknamed me Timmy the Tumor. <laughs> 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 so that was nice. Um, thanks, guys. I'm just yeah, a growth thanks, to you. Is all I know, I right? Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Real comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm so grateful to have a mom that that gave me a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, and and. Um, Interested God with with her life and my life, and um, that was something that really impacted learning more about my story growing up. Um, really impacted me, and then yeah, I was raised in a Christian household and going to church and all of these things. Um, but just because it's your parents' faith, that doesn't make it your faith. And for me, um, I accepted you know, Jesus into my life as a young boy um, when I realized that I had fallen short and I needed a savior. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think for me, really, when I got into middle school, it really became even more. And then near the end of middle school, I went on my first missions trip in the Philippines. And that really impacted my life where I knew like kind of more what I wanted to be and, and what I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I, I knew at that point I was... I was blessed in sports, and there was a passion for it. Everybody knew you were blessed in sports. High school, you were playing baseball and football. And basketball. And basketball. Oh, you were a three-sport athlete. <laughs> uh, You're really, just one of those guys that's good at everything, No, right? not everything. <laughs> um, but I really knew on that, or I got really pressed on my heart in that trip, like, he opened my eyes to certain things. We were in hospitals, orphanages, marketplaces, prisons, um, schools. Yeah. But it was on that trip where I met a boy um, in a very remote village that had his feet on backwards and everyone looked at him as cursed He was because he was born with his feet on backwards. They thought that he was born cursed. And um, obviously I shared with him that I believe that he wasn't and that God loved him and had a special plan for his life. And that really impacted my life. And after that, I really knew... Um, what I wanted to do and that was fight for people that mm-hmm. can't fight for themselves and I think we all have different callings but I think for me it's, especially in the faith it's for people that are abandoned that are thrown away that are less than and that's that is I feel like my calling is is for those people is for the people that have been left out that have been neglected that have been thrown away that you know I want to reach out to them to give a helping hand to love them to care for them to let them know that we didn't forget about them and um, so that's you know everything that we do at TTF is is TTF is the yeah, Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow Foundation. Foundation. Yeah, yeah, I don't necessarily love saying yeah, it because TTF. It's your name. It's but yeah, better, but yeah, yeah. Um, but it's you know everything, whether it's a hospital for um, you know in the Philippines for kids that can't walk or have cleft lip or been thrown away or put in the trash and we go seek them and find them because of that young boy with his feet on backwards. That's why the hospital's there. So kids like that never have to feel like they're cursed and left out or it's night to shine. It's a worldwide prom for people with special needs. So, you know, they feel for the first time in their life that we're throwing a party for them, that that's how much they matter, that in your honor, the biggest party in the world that night and the biggest You're party in your city. You're getting amped up for this right now. Because, this, <laughs> that is truly it. my favorite night of yeah, yeah. the year is is because we're going out of our way to throw this for them because we believe that's how God looks at them every day of their life. Yeah, so you experienced so much success in high school and college. You won the Heisman, two-time national champ at, at Florida. And you go, you get drafted by, by the Broncos in the NFL. 
and then you end up with the Jets, and then yeah, that little, didn't go as planned. Yeah, did, <laughs> did did the NFL go as planned? Because you you had this dream. Did did you feel no, like you had to that, give up yeah, on that dream? NFL didn't go at all as planned. Um, I would say that it was one of the biggest blessings, though, at the end of it, because of not everybody could relate to some of the successes that I was blessed with, but most people could relate to. Um, the hurts and being yeah, told you're not were, good enough. And yeah, being critics t- were always questioning your quarterbacking ability. Yeah. And, always. Um, shoot, that's all they talked about every day on first take all day. You mm-hmm. know, it was one side or the other. And shoot, shows were based on this one side mm-hmm. or the other. And yeah. it was... Um, you're going through that. And did you feel like God wanted you to go into the NFL? Did he wanted you to play at the NFL level? Did you ever feel like, where are you in this? What am I supposed to do with this? Of course. You know, you pray about all of it. And, but there were so many stories that I can look back on and say, you know, you can, I totally believe God was in the midst of it. I mean, you, you think about um, the John 3.16 story with, um, that I wore the verses under my eyes and the, the 94 million people that Googled it and then the Denver Broncos playoff game versus the Steelers. And, um, and I threw for you know exactly three years from the night that I wore it under my eyes. I, we played the Steelers and um, I threw for 316 yards. I had 31.6 uh, passing That's yards just a per coincidence pass. To, and to there was like five or six stats and over crazy. 90 million people Googled it that night. And so a lot of people would say, mm-hmm. man, that's a crazy coincidence. All that stuff happened. And I would say, well, I just think that it, we have a really big God. And, mm-hmm. you know, I went into that night thinking it was about a game, but how our God can use kind of silly things like a game to turn it into something powerful. Is, do you think that's how you reflect on your time in the NFL? Like everyone expected it to be a stat, but for you it was bigger than that? Yeah, I think that's hopefully, you know, everything in my life. You always want to be able to transcend um, a job or something you do into something more meaningful and, and um, more powerful, um, meaning, significance, or purpose. You mm-hmm. always want to find it in anything that you do and everything that you do um, because if not, it's just a job. It's just a thing, and that doesn't matter. And I always tried to find the meaning in something, right? Yeah. And so in sports, it's, okay, it's it's the relationship with your teammates. It's the platform that you have. It's what you represent in the highs and the lows. It's not just about winning or losing games because people don't even remember. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that goes away. Who cares about how many games you won, how many touchdowns, how many interceptions you threw? Yeah, that matters so much at the time. And I'm competitive, so I, I really care, but... At the end of the day, and I don't like that phrase because you use it all the time, it doesn't matter. What matters is what you did with your gifts and and the lives that you affected. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's how I try to look back and think about it. After this short break, Tim tells us how he gave up one dream to pursue another. Was it hard to give up that dream of... Being of course, NFL. yeah, and I still some hard sometimes when I watch games. I'm thinking I could totally do that. <laughs> I could, you know, be doing this or playing here or crushing that. But I think at the same time, I think God used it, the highs and the lows, for yep. a purpose. And you try to embrace that and say, "Okay, God, what do you want me to do with this?" And um, He opened up baseball as an avenue, and I was excited because that had honestly been something on my heart, and I almost did it out of high school. And well, you played baseball in high school I did and so in 2016 let's rewind a couple of years so you trade in one dream for another you yes. trade in the dream of playing in the NFL which mm-hmm. you did um 
but to play in Major League Baseball. You hadn't played since high school, but you feel like God put this on your heart and and. Well, it's such a you know hard thing to say, but I feel like it had been on my heart um, since I was in high school, and mm. it never left. And when I was playing for the Broncos, I'd go out, I'd go become friends with a lot of the Rockies mm-hmm. guys, you know. Yeah, and Colorado would, Rockies. Yeah, yeah, Colorado Rockies. And I would be like, man, this is you know, I look so fun. I would love to do that. <laughs> and I just had that passion for it, right, and that excitement, and it was just something that never went away. And so after a lot of prayer, it was like. You know, I don't want to be that person that looks back 20 years from now and says, why didn't you do it? It was on your heart. You knew it was on your heart. And I want to be that person that said, you know what? When something was put on my heart, when I had a passion for something, regardless of what the naysayers were going to say, I went after it. I wasn't defined by what other people sure. said was possible. I was defined by what I felt like was put on my heart. And um, and I wanted to try to go after those things. And Yeah. You, you talk about it a, a lot in your book called This is the Day, which... I can't help but start singing, this is the day. Did you ever <laughs> yep, sing that? Of course. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a church girl, day. so I know. there you go. Um, I but anyway, voice, I, I, love, I love this chat. I do too. Well, <laughs> it's mediocre. Mine is. Uh, chapter four, you talk about listening to the right voice. And you, know, you, you say that you didn't want to give up on your dream of playing baseball, but then you chronicle some tough times when you, you went to opponents' ballparks and they were completely mocking you. And then you start listening to those doubters mm-hmm. when you're going through a slump. Oh, yeah. What do those doubts, what do those whispers of doubts sound like and how do you make sure that you are listening to the right voices? Well, they, they, they creep in. You know, they creep in when you're um, playing in a stadium where everybody um, is booing you at their plate, but they're asking for autographs after the game. And then you go over that twelve. Would just make me so angry. By yeah, the one way. of the places, literally for a four-game stretch, they had two jumbotrons. On one of the jumbotrons, all they did was show highlights of my worst plays ever. Yeah. Just over and over again for four days straight, and you're just you know, and so you try to block. Yeah, all some that of them out. were wearing the John three sixteen patch under oh, their totally, eyes. Yeah, whatever they. Yeah. You know, could and um, it's actually funny this year. Several different places would like play like angels in the outfield oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. it's funny um yeah you know you'll you have doubts creep in and you have fear and you have what do they sound like what what do those voices of doubt sound like sound like um did you make the right decision um are you were you are you sure about this or is this really something that's worth giving up all the other things in your life so that you can do this you know, because for me, it's a lot of sacrifices for baseball, sacrifices of time, sacrifices of other opportunities, sacrifices of um, so many speaking engagements. And um, thankfully, our team at TTF is doing, you know, they're amazing and I don't have to be there all the time. But being able to love more kids, help more people, there's, there's so much. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you think you always have to weigh it. What is more worth it? And um, so those those are the doubts that creep mm-hmm. in. Let's say you never make it to the bigs. Well, it have all been worth it? Yes. It will. Yes. It'd be worth it because I know in my heart that I gave everything I had for it. I know in my heart that I didn't let the naysayers define me, that I didn't let critics define me. I know when I'm 50 that I, you know how cool it is to play professional football, professional baseball, um, be able to see all these countries, be all these places, you know, be able to sit down and talk to you, you know, I've been able to do so many cool things and, and I'm so blessed and thankful for that. And it, it opens your eyes to new things and new perspective and new cultures and new people and, um, you know, I'm so grateful that, you know, I'm 31 years old and I've, 
I can't count all the countries I've been to, all the places I've spoke, all the prisons I've been in, the, the, you know, the death rows that I've shared with inmates, the, the highs from you know, praying with cancer patients, the, the lows from losing cancer patients, um, the shows I've been on, you know, been on you know, every show with, from you guys, from, on with you Good to America. Good Morning America to doing all sorts of things. To and this podcast, which this is definitely podcast, the pinnacle of your you career, right? Which you need to right? tune into, yes. <laughs> You know, and, and I, I want to be someone that lives life. It's not a hashtag for me. You know, it's so like people just it's so frustrating for me, Paula, when it's just like you see all these hashtags, but it's just really no, you just put a new filter on Instagram, mm. you know, but a, part of the, the reason that I wrote this is the day is I wanted to encourage people to go live life. You have a passion, go after it. You want to live with purpose? We can do that. You mm-hmm. can find purpose in everything you do, whether it's taking your kids to the grocery store, do whatever it is, being a mom, you know, it's your nine to five, you can find purpose in it. And, you know, I wanted to encourage people that life's not about one day because there's so many people that would tell me like, you know, one day I'm going to go on my it's that mission trip sounds so cool. One day I'm going to go on it. You know, one day I'm going to, you know, get right with my parents and tell them I love them again. Or one day I'm going to actually get on a diet that works. And, and I'm talking about professional athletes mm. you know, that are with me and they're like, man, one day I'm going to really like give that are it highly a, disciplined. Yeah. And one day I'm going to really give it my all. And, and then, you know, it was a, a lot of different events that I was with and, um, and you know, my dad getting parked Parkinson's, you know, opened my eyes a little bit. My, um, I was on a plane where um, one of the passengers passed away and just a lot of different events. And I was just, I was in, in you know, in, really inspired, like, man, like life's not about one day. Like we don't know how many days we have, you know, we got to live this day. Like when you wake up, do you actually get excited about the opportunities and the possibilities of this day? Or are you just trying to get through this day? And I just didn't, and I've, I've been both of those people Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be that person that, man, I just can't wait to get done. You know, I got to go do this podcast and then afterwards I'm going to do this and afterwards, no, I want to be excited. I want to be here in the moment with you talking because maybe there's someone that I can encourage on this podcast, you know, Mm -hmm. and you know, I get to share it and experience it and live life. And that's, I don't want that to be a hashtag for me. I want to be that. I want that to be my experience in life. And, you know, I share all that to say that I want to encourage people people with this book so that they're encouraged that they don't have to be defined by the naysayers by their failures by what other people are going to say about them but they can pursue a life of purpose passion and meaning anything and everything that they do yeah you've had your fired up you did i was like preach (laughs) brother tim um you've been through your share of ups and downs what do you think was the lowest point for you how how did it test your faith How'd your faith get you out of it? Um, we can get real here. Yeah. Our voices can go down a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Um, I got a loud voice anyways, though. You do. Well, you yeah, were just fired up. That so we got to dial it down a little rooms. bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the lowest point. Um, I think maybe it was around the time when, you know, football's ending. My dad's getting Parkinson's. I had some other family members sick. Um, figuring out what God wants me to do with it, sometimes feeling like you're in a stalling pattern. Um, you know, what is, what do you How want me to do? How did you get out of it? Um, yeah, I, I don't, first of all, I'd like to say, I don't always think those are bad. Hmm. I don't necessarily think sometimes if we go in lulls or 
we go through times, like sometimes I think we learn the most out of it and God does the most in our hearts and in our lives in that period. Like I also think we learn a lot of times the most out of our failures and our faults. And um, the, one, we understand what grace is all about, right? When you're a perfect person, why do we need grace? But when you're fallen, like I believe we all are, that's where grace abounds that much more mm-hmm. and where it really has more of an effect in your heart and in your life. And you, man, I am so thankful for mm-hmm. grace. I am so thankful for what God has done for me um, and through me. And then I think when you're going through those tough times, you learn um, more about yourself and your strengths and your weaknesses and your doubts and what you pray about when you you don't feel like praying, but you just feel like crying and you just want to talk yeah. to God and that's on your bed or in the shower and you're just like, God, mm-hmm. why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, what am I doing? Where, you know, where are you at? I felt like we were doing this, but now it's this. And, um, you know, I think you get through it because God takes you through a time, but also he says in his word that the, you know, going, you know, these trials and tribulations are the testing of your faith and yet your faith have um, endurance at the end of the day. Um, so we may be perfect in our faith, lacking in nothing, right? So we don't go through it because he wants us to be miserable. We go through it because we want to come out the other side stronger. Right. You know, and, and I think... You think you were stronger after that? I think that I've learned so much and I think that my faith has become stronger through it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where do you think you'd be without your faith? I don't know. I think, to be honest, I would have been a lot more um, affected and tossed by what everyone says about me. And Mm -hmm. I think um, more devastated by the lows. Mm. Is there a word that you could throw out there to summarize your faith? Um, Real. Um, That... You know, I encourage um, all of your listeners to try to make theirs real, mm-hmm. right? Pray real, you know, like be real with God. Like you can't trick him with what you say to him. Like you don't think he already knows, you know, <laughs> like be it's real with him. It's a thing called tell, like omniscience. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all you knowing, know, yeah. tell him what's real, honest, cry out your heart. You know, we look yeah. at like some of my heroes in the Bible and they like, Sometimes they agonize with him, yell at him, cry at you know with him. Like they're shaking their fists to God. Yeah, like tell him he knows he gets mm-hmm. it. Um, there's going to be a lot of mothers, particularly. I know we've talked about this. Everybody wants to set you up with their daughters. <laughs> I would try to do the same. My daughter's a little too young for you, <laughs> but you're kind of off the market right now. I am. Yes. What, what have you always looked for in a woman? I know that you have stayed true to yourself. And you have not compromised your morals. I think for me, um, that um, foundation is really important. Mm-hmm. The foundation of your faith, um, your um, your hopes, like the same direction, like you're, you're striving in the same direction, you're going mm-hmm. in the same direction. Um, so I would say that you know, foundation is important. I think being attracted to that person is very important. She's very pretty, by the way. <laughs> I think so. This universe. I mean, <laughs> hello. <laughs> um, I, th- I think I think the heart is really important. You know, uh, just mm-hmm. kindness, compassion, yeah. just sweet. I don't have to settle. I don't have to just try to find someone that that can love me because the God of this universe loves me. So I don't have to just 
dive into every relationship or go after, you know, Mm -hmm. things that aren't what I believe is best for me or what God has best for me because you are a masterpiece. You are special. You are important. He does have a plan for you. And that doesn't mean that everything's going to be easy. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, but it means when you're trying to live for his best that it's worth it. Yeah, I I love that you don't get your identity from baseball you don't get your identity from football you you don't get it from being but, an analyst but you know what if i did how disappointing and crushing that would be yeah right what happens when football is over what happens when baseball is over what happens when i'm not doing tv or podcast with you what happens when people you know don't remember my name who i am if i found my identity in that then when it's done, I would be crushed. I'd be devastated. There's nothing left. And how many athletes are like that when it finishes? You can't, what's left? This is all I've known. But you don't have to be defined by what the world says about you or just your career or these things because the God of this universe said he defined you when I made you. I made you one of one. Like, you know, I created you special in your mother's womb and you are loved by the God of this universe mm-hmm. and there's no comparison to his love. I have been so... You, you should be a motivational speaker too. <laughs> I've been so motivated and inspired and if you haven't read his book tim tebow make sure you read it next week on journeys of faith the reason why atheists get impatient is because we are living in a world where people are dying essentially over rival interpretations of literature author sam harris identifies as an atheist but he still has a lot of thoughts on religion. Thank you for listening to Journeys of Faith. If you like this, don't forget to subscribe and give us a rating and make sure to come back next Wednesday for our latest episode. And if you think there's someone that we should have on the podcast, let me know. Tweet me at Paula Ferris. And a big thanks to the team at ABC Radio. Susie Liu, Mike Dubusky, Lewis Millman, Josh Cohan, Andrew Kalb, and Steve Jones. I'll talk to you next week.